Welcome to the Daily Devotions Podcast from Confident Faith. I am Corey J. Mahler, a contributor here at Confident Faith, and I will be your reader today, this first Wednesday after Epiphany, the 10th of January, in the year of our Lord, 2024, in the time of Christmas. Today we commemorate Basil the Great of Caesarea, Gregory of Nazianzus, and Gregory of Nyssa, pastors and confessors. Collectively known as the Cappadocian Fathers, Basil and the two Gregories were leaders of the Christian Church in Asia Minor, modern Turkey, in the 4th century. Basil and Gregory of Nyssa were brothers, and Gregory of Nazianzus was their friend. All three men were influential in shaping the theology ratified by the Council of Constantinople, which would later be enshrined in the Nicene Creed. Our readings for today are Psalm 85, Psalm 58, Ezekiel chapter 18, verses 1 through 32, Romans chapter 2, verses 17 through 29, and paragraph 63 through 70 of part 2 of the Large Catechism. We will close, as always, with the Lord's Prayer. Today's first reading from the Psalter is the 85th Psalm. Lord, you were favorable to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You covered all their sin. You withdrew all your wrath. You turned from your hot anger. Restore us again, O God of our salvation, and put away your indignation toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his saints, but let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness meet, righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs up from the ground, and righteousness looks down from the sky. Yes, the Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and make his footsteps away. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forevermore. Amen. Today's second reading from the Psalter is the 58th Psalm. Do you indeed decree what is right, you gods? Do you judge the children of man uprightly? No, in your hearts you devise wrongs. Your hands deal out violence on the earth. The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray from birth speaking lies. They have venom like the venom of a serpent, like the deaf adder that stops its ear, so that it does not hear the voice of charmers or of the cunning enchanter. O God, break the teeth in their mouths. Tear out the fangs of the young lions, O Lord. Let them vanish like water that runs away. When he aims his arrows, let them be blunted. Let them be like the snail that dissolves into slime, like the stillborn child who never sees the sun. Sooner than your pots can feel the heat of thorns, whether green or ablaze, may he sweep them away. The righteous will rejoice when he sees the vengeance. He will bathe his feet in the blood of the wicked. Mankind will say, Surely there is a reward for the righteous. 
Surely there is a God who judges on earth. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forevermore. Amen. Today's Old Testament reading comes from the book of Ezekiel, and we will be reading the 18th chapter, verses 1 through 32. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you mean by repeating this proverb concerning the land of Israel? The fathers have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge. As I live, declares the Lord God, this proverb shall no more be used by you in Israel. Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the Father, as well as the soul of the Son, is mine. The soul who sins shall die. If a man is righteous and does what is just and right, if he does not eat upon the mountains, or lift up his eyes to the idols of the house of Israel, does not defile his neighbor's wife, or approach a woman in her time of menstrual impurity, does not oppress anyone, but restores to the debtor his pledge, commits no robbery, gives his bread to the hungry, and covers the naked with a garment, does not lend it interest or take any profit, withholds his hands from injustice, executes true justice between man and man, walks in my statutes, and keeps my rules by acting faithfully. He is righteous. He shall surely live, declares the Lord God. If he fathers a son who is violent, a shedder of blood, who does any of these things, though he himself did none of these things, who even eats upon the mountains, defiles his neighbor's wife, oppresses the poor and needy, commits robbery, does not restore the pledge, lifts up his eyes to the idols, commits abomination, lends it interest, and takes profit. Shall he then live? He shall not live. He has done all these abominations. He shall surely die. His blood shall be upon himself." Now suppose this man fathers a son who sees all the sins that his father has done. He sees and does not do likewise. He does not eat upon the mountains, or lift up his eyes to the idols of the house of Israel, does not defile his neighbor's wife, does not oppress anyone, exacts no pledge, commits no robbery, but gives his bread to the hungry, and covers the naked with a garment, withholds his hand from iniquity, takes no interest or profit, obeys my rules, and walks in my statutes. He shall not die for his father's iniquity, he shall surely live. As for his father, because he practiced extortion, robbed his brother, and did what is not good among his people, behold, he shall die for his iniquity. Yet you say, Why should not the son suffer for the iniquity of the father? When the son has done what is just and right, and has been careful to observe all my statutes, he shall surely live. The soul who sins shall die. The son shall not suffer for the iniquity of the father, nor the father suffer for the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. But if a wicked person turns away from all his sins that he has committed, and keeps all my statutes, and does what is just and right, he shall surely live, he shall not die. None of the transgressions that he has committed shall be remembered against him. For the righteousness that he has done he shall live. Have I any pleasure in the death of the wicked, declares the Lord God, and not rather that he should turn from his way and live. But when a righteous person turns away from his righteousness, and does injustice, 
and does the same abominations that the wicked person does, shall he live. None of the righteous deeds that he has done shall be remembered. For the treachery of which he is guilty, and the sin he has committed, for them he shall die. Yet you say, The way of the Lord is not just. Hear now, O house of Israel, is my way not just? Is it not your ways that are not just? When a righteous person turns away from his righteousness and does injustice, he shall die for it. For the injustice that he has done he shall die. Again, when a wicked person turns away from the wickedness he has committed, and does what is just and right, he shall save his life. Because he considered and turned away from all the transgressions that he had committed, he shall surely live, he shall not die. Yet the house of Israel says, The way of the Lord is not just. O house of Israel, are my ways not just? Is it not your ways that are not just? Therefore I will judge you, O house of Israel, every one according to his ways, declares the Lord God. Repent and turn from all your transgressions, lest iniquity be your ruin. Cast away from you all the transgressions that you have committed, and make yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Lord God. So turn and live. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's New Testament reading comes from the book of Romans, and we will be reading the second chapter, verses 17 through 29. But if you call yourself a Jew, and rely on the law, and boast in God, and know his will, and approve what is excellent, because you are instructed from the law, and if you are sure that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of children, having in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth. You then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? While you preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say that one must not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law, dishonor God by breaking the law. For as it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the nations because of you. For circumcision indeed is of value if you obey the law, but if you break the law, your circumcision becomes uncircumcision. So if a man who is uncircumcised keeps the precepts of the law, will not his uncircumcision be regarded as circumcision? Then he who is physically uncircumcised but keeps the law will condemn you who have the written code and circumcision but break the law. For no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical. But a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart, by the Spirit, not the letter. His praise is not from man, but from God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's reading from the Book of Concord comes from the Large Catechism, and we will be reading Part 2, paragraph 63 through 70. See here you have the entire divine essence, will, and work shown most completely in quite short and yet rich words. In these words all our wisdom stands, which surpasses and exceeds the wisdom, mind, and reason of all people. The whole world, with all diligence, has struggled to figure out what God is, what he has in mind and does. 
yet the world has never been able to grasp the knowledge and understanding of any of these things. But here we have everything in richest measure. For here in all three articles, God has revealed himself and opened the deepest abyss of his fatherly heart and his pure, inexpressible love. He has created us for this very reason, that he might redeem and sanctify us. In addition to giving and imparting to us everything in heaven and upon earth, he has even given to us his Son and the Holy Spirit, who brings us to himself. For, as explained above, we could never grasp the knowledge of the Father's grace and favor, except through the Lord Christ. Jesus is a mirror of the fatherly heart, outside of whom we see nothing but an angry and terrible judge. But we could not know anything about Christ either, unless it had been revealed by the Holy Spirit. These articles of the Creed, therefore, divide and separate us Christians from all other people on earth. Even if we were to argue that all people outside Christianity, whether heathen, Turks, Jews, or false Christians and hypocrites, believe in and worship only one true God, they still do not know what his mind toward them is and cannot expect any love or blessing from him. Therefore, they abide in eternal wrath and damnation, for they do not have the Lord Christ, and besides, are not illumined and favored by any gifts of the Holy Spirit. From this you see that the Creed is a doctrine quite different from the Ten Commandments, for the commandments teach what we ought to do, but the Creed tells us what God does for us and gives to us. Furthermore, apart from this, the Ten Commandments are written in all people's hearts. However, no human wisdom can understand the creed. It must be taught by the Holy Spirit alone. The teaching of the commandments, therefore, makes no Christian. For God's wrath and displeasure abide upon us still, because we cannot keep what God demands of us. But the creed brings pure grace and makes us godly and acceptable to God. For by this knowledge we have love and delight in all God's commandments. Here we see that God gives himself to us completely. He gives all that he has and is able to do in order to aid and direct us in keeping the Ten Commandments. The Father gives all creatures, the Son gives his entire work, and the Holy Spirit bestows all his gifts. Let this be enough about the creed to lay a foundation for the simple, so that they may not be burdened. Then, if they understand the substance of it, they themselves may afterwards strive to gain more, refer to these parts whatever they learn in the Scriptures, and may even grow and increase in richer understanding. For as long as we live here, we shall daily have enough to do to preach and to learn this. This concludes our reading from the Book of Concord. I now invite all of you to join me in reciting the Lord's Prayer, one of the most ancient prayers of the Church. I do encourage you to say it aloud if you are somewhere it would be reasonable to do so but praying it silently is, of course, also fine. The Lord knows what is in your heart. Lord, remember us in your kingdom, and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace and grace to serve our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
in whatever calling has been given you or task set before you. Until tomorrow, God be with you.